Hey, I am Dr. Eric Gullen, physical therapist. I'm here with Dr. Matt and the amazing Rudy. And uh, you are listening to the Village Health Podcast. That's H-E-A-L-T-H, not H-E-L-L. We've had questions (laughs) about that based on how good the content is. Uh, It's hard to tell sometimes. So we're gonna jump right in. Uh, Rudy, your name, uh, it means someone who is rude, correct? How did you know that? So uh, <laughs> we're expecting you to be on your best behavior today. Um, I'll try. I'll have no rudeness on this podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> Only really funny jokes and clever banter. That's that's the rule. So why are you here? <laughs> I'm on my way out. <laughs> okay. I'm just here for the intro. That's all they let me do these days. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Rudy, thanks for being on the podcast today. Sure. Uh, appreciate it a ton. You are a client that has fully embraced the the lifestyle and the things that we coach here. And I would love for you to be an encouragement to other people in their health journey. Um, So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about your health journey. Where'd you start? Where were you when you started at Village? And and what's changed for you over the course of the time you've been a client here? Oh, absolutely. Um, I will start with uh, what made me decide to pursue getting healthier. Um, I had reached this, we're not in Kansas anymore moment. I was, you know, I, I noticed that over the no, last no political statements last, on the podcast. Ooh. Okay. So oh, I know things Kansas, are a little different. Yeah. I know things uh, are a little different in Kansas. A lot of corn there. Yeah. A lot of people are moving <laughs> More there. More back to the uh, corn thing. Or they will be. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, um, over the last decade, I, gained a lot of weight because of my work. I, I, I sit all day uh, talking to clients, uh, couples, individuals as, as a therapist. And my previous job w- was a personal trainer. I used to be really, really active. But over the years, I gained like 30 pounds. And so I decided that it was time. Um, the thing is, I'm really picky um, because of what I used to do for a living, which is what you guys do. And I, and I really needed to find a place that was um, professional, uh, had high integrity, and um, really, really knew what they're doing. So um, so that's the kind of the, the, the intro to what I want to tell you about you guys and why I chose you. Um, I saw a video of you, Matt, Dr. Matt, um, and you were upside down and you were (laughs) demonstrating, (laughs) I know, you know, when you see someone upside down, the first thought is that guy's got integrity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was your first test. Okay. Let's see. He's upside down. He must have something interesting to say. So I watched your video and it was about back pain and, uh, I love the things that you had to say. And, uh, so that was kind of the first, first pass. And then I saw another promotional video where I saw a couple of people that I actually knew who gave testimonials. And I said, you know, I have to check this place out. So I made an appointment with you. And, and that's that's kind of where all things started. But um, I really had this, when I say, no, we're not in Kansas anymore. It was basically, I can't continue like this. I'm going to be, mm. actually, two weeks from today, I'm going to be 65. I'm turning 65. So yay, Medicare. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, and my grandson was about a year old at the time. And so there were a lot of things kind of pointing to, you know what, it's time. It's time for me to get back to my own integrity, physically, mm-hmm. emotionally. Um, and I had to practice what I preach, both as a therapist and also someone who loves health and fitness. And it was just that time. Uh, so that's what kind of got me to looking at Village and um, the rest is history. 
I have more to say, but I'll yeah. just stop. Pause there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, so he started in our small group personal training program. What were some of the things that maybe were different than what you had learned previously in, in your personal training career? Well, this is, <clears throat> so I'm going to be very, very honest with you guys because um, you guys have been very honest with, with me, with the things that you've shared in classes. So um, I, I never really lifted weights as a personal trainer, nor did I really teach people how to lift weights properly. It was all machines and I focused a lot on endurance and endurance sports. So I never really had the experience of really good, solid scientific weight training in my, not only in my practice, uh, but also for myself. So when I came to your classes, I had done things that I'd never done before. Was that intimidating at first? Um, it was embarrassing at first. Ooh. Yeah. I'd never done a deadlift. I'd never done a squat with a bar on my shoulders. I used to always work with dumbbells and, you know, squat racks and things like that, but never actually with free weights. And it was an amazing experience because of the way you guys teach. You know, your coaching is, is outstanding. It's attention to detail. You repeat it at every class. And it was a really, really refreshing experience. Uh, so I really, so my, my first couple of weeks here was a real eye opener. Mm. So I'll tell you something else that's very vulnerable. Are you guys ready? Ready. You taught first class I attended. I remember It was that. the first and only one. I don't know what happened. What I, what I said to you. You got canceled. <laughs> I'm telling you. I got, you were so rude. We were doing the cool down and some stretching and the lights down and the, you know, the towel and all that. And I was doing some stretches uh, with my head down and I got really emotional. It was like, wow, I really did it. I really am starting. Uh, and it was it was a really special moment for me. Hmm. Um, and I value things like that for myself when I get when I reach that point, hmm. which means I'm doing something really special and I'm in a special situation. So, so I want to thank you guys. That's amazing. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how how much emotion and how much of that um, how how the, the proper movement, the proper exertion from the body that can happen in the context of a good workout, what that can really do to, to get us into some of those like deep crevices in our minds and some of those little hidden emotions and things that need to come out. And you probably know a lot more about that than me as, as somebody who's, who's trained in, in exactly that field. Um, but that's one of my favorite things that, that we get to see is not just the physical transformations, but also the, that like deep identity level, those moments like you described and uh so that's that's just amazing and i really appreciate you sharing that i don't even think i i realized that maybe during that session no no nobody did because i was in my kind of my own moment we turned the lights off you had the towel over your head yeah i was like i was doing like a child's pose yeah yeah position i didn't have a chance to make a snide remark and ruin it (laughs) so it's good literally child's pose because i was sobbing like a child (laughs) amazing yeah cool um what have some of the results been that you've achieved since since you've been here wow um, so I have to attribute a lot to my consistency. I, th- I think I've missed one week when I had COVID back in December, and then I missed one session last week for a totally irrelevant reason, but, um, I- I've been so consistent and that really, really helps. Totally. Keeps you in the groove. It keeps you accountable. Uh, and that's a testament again to you and your staff because 
when you miss, people really notice. I mean, you get a phone call, somebody reaches out. Uh, and so the interest is not just in keeping the, the customer or the client, but you really care about people's health. So I really appreciate that. And it's kept me very, very consistent. In terms of changes, um, so I've been here a little under nine months. October of last year is when I started. Um, and I've lost about 11 pounds. Now, that may, not, that may not be a lot, but I can tell you, given how much weight training that I do, I know that my body composition has completely changed. Everything fits differently. I look different. I, I see the pictures that I... And for I our think. listeners who can't see Rudy right now, uh, what we're seeing across the table from us is about uh, 100, 155? No. 100... 175 175 pounds of just pure rippling muscle <laughs> uh lean abs chiseled mm -hmm. jawline beard you forgot the beard yeah i've got a little just drool i can't explain coming <laughs> out the corner of my mouth now rudy you look you look really you look exactly like what a full-grown man <laughs> especially and you said you're about to turn 65 mm -hmm. yeah i mean you look phenomenal Thank and you. i mean like that's that's what i want to look like mm -hmm. that's the goal so That's great. you're an inspiration to all of us. <laughs> now I'm making you cry. I get you back. <laughs> I got to go find a towel and get in child's pose. And that's the position I think for emotions. That's awesome. And I think 11 pounds is a big deal. And mm -hmm. the, I don't know, like the, the fitness world makes people think that they need to get back to their high school weight to be considered right. successful. And it's like, well, you should have a lot more muscle than you had in high school when you were 18 years old, you know, in your sixties. Yeah, really? That's right. And, yeah. You know, and I think losing, losing 10 pounds is a big, big accomplishment, mm -hmm. even five pounds. That's where people start to notice like, wow, you've, you've lost weight. You look, yeah. you look lean. Yeah. Um, and if you've done it over the course of, you know, nine months where you've also been strength training, man, Absolutely. that's, that's really a big deal. Um, yet in this diet culture, we have, everybody's trying to lose weight rapidly and then invariably they gain it back. That's right. Gain it back and they gain it back and then some and they wreck their metabolism in the process. Whereas what you've done is, and what we're going to get into is some of the things that you've changed. You've slowly and consistently made changes that are going to carry with you for the rest of your life. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Not so, to mention yeah. there's, there's no fast way to getting as strong as you've gotten those, those deadlifts it's, you know, and those squats and all that stuff. It's like, you can potentially you can force a human body to lose weight pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But the only way to gain as much strength, bone density, things like that, that you've done through that, through that weight training, those, those things take time. Yes. And it's like, you know, you look like the guy that can move that couch up that flight of stairs <laughs> or, you know, toss those grandkids in the air or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and that's like that kind of real everyday strength. I mean, that's, that's the ticket. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. It's functional. Yeah, Being exactly. Functional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to ride off into the sunset <laughs> knowing that I fully used up my body, my energy and no regrets. That's, I mean, that's the way I think about it. That's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, I'll, I'll interject with my, my, my personal selfish reason for everything that I do is I want to live in a world full of people who are 60 and over who have wisdom, who have experience, who have, you know, a, a, just a wealth of, of life lived and, and skill and still be effective people who make the world that, cause this is my selfish thing, mm. who make the world that I live in a better place because, you know, we know a lot of stuff. We're experts in our field, but we're also relatively young yes. and we still look for that older generation 
to do what can only be done with mm -hmm. that, with those decades of experience. And yet when we look around the world, it's like everybody over 60 is in an armchair and just barely, you know, barely dragging themselves through life. That's and right. pretty soon is just kind of, uh, kind of a zombie in the medical system in and out of, you know, various treatments and, and, and medicines. And, and so, you know, selfishly, it's like, I want to live in a world full of people like you, where you're, you're, you're essentially at, at your best, really. I mean, in terms of what you can do for the people around you, what you can, you know, how much you can enjoy your own life. It's like, you're getting to that point where all those things are, are peaking. And I think it's really sad that in our culture, we still look at peaking as something that happens in our relative youth when it really should be something that happens, you know, midway and a little bit past midway in life. And mm -hmm. we should really be looking at lives that are a hundred years, right? not 60 or 70. So that was my little rant, yeah. but yeah. Well, even my, in my work as a therapist, we have a thing called neuroplasticity, Absolutely. which is, you know, the flexibility of a brain mm -hmm. that continues to grow. Mm -hmm. And we used to think that, you know, basically your brain stopped learning at, you know, 65, 70. Mm -hmm. But we know now from uh, neuro research that you can learn new information, you can change your behavior, you can, uh, the brain can absorb so much more information and process more information well into the 80s, 90s and beyond. So I, I believe the same thing that, you know, that you guys are doing, which is, you know, there's just because you're in your 60s doesn't mean your strength is over. There's more to go. Mm -hmm. There's much more to go. Yeah. And, yeah. and movement is a huge part of those creative developments of the brain. We, we don't we sometimes we kind of think of the brain and the body as these two separate entities. Mm -hmm. But really, when you keep your body able to move in, in all these different directions and you actually move in those different directions and you your brain knows that you have you have safety and strength in all of those different planes of movements uh, or even like, you know, the that picture you saw of Matt, you know, bending, bending backwards, yeah. doing that, uh, that wheel pose that gives the brain a, a substrate to have, uh, have that neuroplasticity as well. There's mm -hmm. a lot of really cool research that shows the link between movement and neuroplasticity. Um, the less we move, the, the less that our brains are able to move too, in a way. Yeah. Um, and that, so it's not just part of child development and in that early stages of brain development, but that's relevant throughout the lifespan. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What have been some of the things you've changed outside of just strength training? Yeah. Uh, like nutritionally, well, lifestyle-wise, talk about that. So back to the origin of uh, my first few weeks over here, that keeps making a huge difference. But <clears throat> signed up on a Friday with you, and then you said Saturday, the next day, we have we have a workshop, but, you know, but it's full, but you got me in. <laughs> and that was a, such an eye-opener about meat, about cholesterol, about fats. And from that day forth, my wife and I have transformed our, our kitchen completely. Wow. So one, so that's one of the biggest things that we did is we just completely changed everything that we're doing at home. And so even though my wife is not a <clears throat> member here, uh, she's doing the food with me, the nutrition stuff. And she's lost 15 pounds herself wow. in awesome. the process. And she's very, very happy. You know, she, she's from Switzerland. And um, I've learned to love cheese and bread with her. <laughs> So, uh, so we've discovered how to, how to do cheese without having to eat the bread. There's other, other choices, um, like the Ezekiel. Um, anyway, we could get into whole nutrition. Thing. Yeah. Well, what um, do you eat in a normal day now? Um, I don't always eat breakfast. Thanks to that's you guys, fine. you know, yeah. that's, which is, which is fine. Sometimes I'll have a, you know, leave the late breakfast, early lunch. But, uh, when I do eat breakfast, it's usually eggs or, or some kind of yogurt with berries. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll have that for lunch. 
uh, and so the rest blasphemy. Blasphemy, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 completely like transformed how I think about what I think about food and how I use food. Um, so uh, we have, gosh, we have uh, chicken and all kinds of different meats in our refrigerator. Sometimes uh, I, I've been making albondigas soup, mm. which is which is really really delicious because you get your vegetables, mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. your broth, and 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 also the the, the meat. Um, we have some we have some nice snacks too. We have the Boulder Creek potato chips, but we we limit our portions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so um, what else do we eat? Lots of avocados. We've we've learned uh, we're drinking the Kool Aid. We're, avocados <laughs> is, is perfect. The avocado Kool Aid. <clears throat> the avocado Kool Aid. The avocado Kool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not even. Is it green, the avocado Kool Aid? Yeah, yeah, it could be. It's a muted green. <laughs> it's like a '60s green. There you go. <laughs> so um, yeah, lots of avocados. Uh, we, I've always eaten a lot, a large variety of vegetables. I grew up in the Middle East. I was born in Egypt, raised in Lebanon, and so food was always around us. We were never like sat down to a meal. There was always like a thousand plates of different things, and that's one of the problems. You know, one of the challenges of staying good with nutrition is the gatherings that we go to there's no like sit down it's it's like you so you before you know it, you've eaten like a thousand calories of hummus and you know tabbouleh and you know this chicken that's made with that so so that's one of the challenges is like how do you eat not knowing you know what the portions are by the time your three hours are done mm. eating but uh, Lebanese cuisine is amazing. Yes, it is. And you've got a lot of great options in in that cuisine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little jealous right now. Yeah. That drool's coming back again. <laughs> again? <laughs> Second time I've made Second, you drool. Today. Yeah. I'm worried about you. <laughs> That's awesome. So it sounds like you you really shifted your understanding of dietary fat and carbohydrates yes. and got away from the conventional wisdom that we all need to be eating 11 servings of grains per day and you know avoiding <clears throat> saturated fat because mm -hmm. it's going to clog our arteries you kind of shifted that and now you're eating more heart healthy really saturated Absolutely. fats less of the diabetes inducing carbohydrates and uh tons of vegetables which is like that's that's how healthy people should be eating we yeah. should be eating well-sourced animal products lots of vegetables and and fruit um, and we should be intentional about the amount of carbohydrates we're putting in our body and, and ruthless about eliminating vegetable oils. And, Absolutely. And you've seen great results from that, which is yeah. pretty cool. And feeling better, just, you know, my energy is great. I, I feel more alert in my sessions when I see clients. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of energy. Sometimes I'll see eight people in one day, which is a lot for what I do. Um, and uh, so I just, I just feel kind of really good and in my vessel, if you will. Nice. Uh, so it's it's great. It's really really awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Go, going back to the, you know, you mentioned that uh, your wife has adapted this way of eating as well, and you, you know you had to overhaul your kitchen a little bit. What were what were some of those, you know, early days, early weeks like of uh, maybe some of those early conversations with your wife, some of those like early kitchen <clears throat> cleanouts and, and and shopping trips, getting different types of groceries. Tell, tell us more about that early. I'm very clever with my wife because we've been married. We'll be married 25 years in a couple of weeks. <clears throat> we got married on my 40th birthday, just so you know. Well, how those coincides with my mm -hmm. 65th. And um, so my wife is very intelligent and loves to read things and wants evidence and stuff. 
So when I came home from my meeting with you and got all inspired and signed up, uh, I downloaded the manual that has all the food stuff, you know, kitchen clean out and bad oils. And, <clears throat> and um, so I came home from work one day and she had read the whole thing, highlighted, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. And she had already started the kitchen clean out without me. Oh, wow. So that that was amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> so she bought in and uh, really saw wow. the science as well as some of the old myths that that we, you know, we believed and adopted even as a you know personal trainer. That's that's just amazing. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people um, getting their spouse or their family on board with some of those nutrition changes can be one of the one of the biggest obstacles. And you just I mean, she just like was she was couldn't be further from she was so uh so supportive and immediately i mean that's just amazing and it's essential having yeah. accountability having a community you know you've talked about how just being around like-minded individuals mm -hmm. who think the same and you know is essential for uh, making changes and sustaining them so um yeah. so she's been pretty awesome as you've uh, done things like skip breakfast in the morning probably skip snacks you might have had before things like that um Tell us about how that was for you energy wise and how that was for you just kind of like, you know, uh, emotional wise, because sometimes, you know, food is that thing in our day that helps us relieve some stress or um, so. Yeah. So, so can you talk a little bit about those two categories? Well, the things that I've learned through some of the, the, the workshops and the seminars that also that Casey has has uh, done. Um, the the technicians tell me to speak into the mic. So I yeah. am, um, is that um, I learned that your your body can adapt to long periods of time of not eating and it's OK. It, you're not going to you know have a blood sugar crash and you just have to kind of trust your body that it's OK mm. to not eat. And, and it's OK to be hungry and not have to like instantly have to satisfy because you you're hungry for several reasons, as I've learned. Uh, so. Uh, so kind of staying mindful to what's going on with me and do I really need to eat? It's okay if I don't. Yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to eat in a couple hours. It's not a big deal. So that's kind of how I handle it. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 It's, it sounds like to you, it's you, you kind of look at it and then you say, well, it's really not a big deal and I can trust my body. And I think those two things, just not catastrophizing and saying, oh my gosh, if I don't get this food now, mm -hmm. the world ends, which I think is how our culture and um, even how a lot of marketing around food views it mm -hmm. i mean i think of the uh is it the i think snickers commercials maybe the their tagline is you're not you when you're hungry or something and they just you know show somebody with like a little bit of mm -hmm. you know being hangry or whatever and right turn That's into right. this monster or whatever and i i know lots of people that will say oh i'm you know i'm acting this way because i'm hungry and i have to get food or i'll keep acting in this way and it's mm -hmm. like well it's kind of a weird that seems a little extreme for what's going on and I think that confronting some of uh, some of that with just a simple trust in your body mm -hmm. uh, is actually really empowering. And also, you mentioned the embracing a little bit of that discomfort. Yeah. And you know, hunger is something that it drives us. It can energize us. It can focus us. It's why we say this. Oh, this person's hungry to succeed. They were hungry to, uh, you know, get to this point or achieve this goal or work mm -hmm. hard or whatever it was. Like, we associate hunger with a, a driven person, not with somebody who's an emotional wreck and, right. uh, you know, and, and laying on the floor cause they have no energy. It's mm -hmm. 
that's how we use the word hunger. And right. I think we need to revive that. And mm -hmm. it sounds like you have been. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We do have to fight some of these sort of primal urges. Mm -hmm. uh, even in, in my work as a therapist, uh, you know, teaching people how to not catastrophize or notice that they're catastrophizing that, you know, you can dispute it, say, is that really going to happen? You know, if I don't, for, so for me, is if I'm not going to eat for two hours, am I really going to have a crash or, you know, can I use some of the extra body fat I have? Okay. Mm -hmm. well, <laughs> so you, you kind of delay the, the reaction. And yeah. uh, so whether it's something psychological or behavioral or something with food, it's, we can practice both ways. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would love to hear uh, if, you know, from, from your field of expertise, from your, your box of tools, um, getting into that kind of like emotional psych social realm, what sorts of resources, and you were just mentioning some of them, mm -hmm. but how would you categorize or describe some of these little mental shifts that are necessary to adapt new, healthier behaviors? What are, you know, what are some of the, like, how would you label some of the common obstacles? How would you label the, you know, the coping mechanisms or the, or the resources to, like we mentioned, like catastrophizing, would right. be like an example. Well, we have to remember that when we change any behavior, <clears throat> that uh, our responses to those old behaviors that we want to change are rooted in old stuff. Hmm. So old thoughts, old beliefs, old, you know, um, assumptions, things like that. So, um, so challenging those by asking yourself these questions, you know, challenge the, the, the assumption, like, is this really going to happen? Or what's the likelihood of that happening? Um, so I think it's really important in terms of being mindful with stuff like this is, to, is that you challenge your thoughts. Hmm. That's, a, that's huge. Um, now the thoughts also affect emotions. So you might be feeling stuff and mm -hmm. say, Oh, what's it, where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm just a little nervous or it's not really hunger or, uh, just, it, just pay attention to what's going on with you in here mm -hmm. and in here. Mm -hmm. And you can then make a choice as to what behavior you want to pursue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. So there's like a pause, then there's like an awareness gets you more in touch with yourself. And then there's, there's a choice, a real conscious choice. You can only make a choice when you do that mm. because the other way is reacting. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's really You're good. welcome. I was, that's like the meat of the, that's like the whole mm. thing right here. I got enough. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that. One. <laughs> that's really good. You know, create and react mm -hmm. are the same letters, but they're all turned around. Oh. Didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. The, the E has, it, I used to say this, the E, the create has an extra E for energy and enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. You can use that. Yeah. I'm just stop, I'm sticking <laughs> out in my back pocket for later. Keep it. Keep it for later. He's typing down here. <laughs> Got it. Um, what have been some of the things that have been challenges along the way? So you've been doing this for nine months. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guessing it hasn't all been like, oh, it's just great every day. I just wake up jazzed oh, no, to do right. this. What have been some of the struggles you've had? So mostly it's the evening. Um, so snacking in the evening or, you know, once I'm, once I'm done eating, it's like, I feel good. It's like, you know, seven o'clock, sometimes a little bit later. And then my wife and I are watching television, we're relaxing. And then I get hungry, like eight thirty, nine o'clock. So that's been the challenging part for me is choosing the right foods, but also, um, not eating so late. Mm -hmm. I always feel better when I when I like stop eating at seven, seven thirty, mm -hmm. my wife and I sometimes will go, you know what? Let's, let's just no, no snacking tonight. I like your and wife an hour lie. later. Yes. I like it. Like, I'll keep her for another 25 years. <laughs> so sometimes we'll go, yeah, gosh, I'm so hungry. He said, she says, I'm eating the inside of my cheek. I said, 
said, I'm eating my tongue. <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I go, let's hold hands and just let's go through it together. So we'll hold hands, <laughs> just say, it. I'm hungry. Yes, I'm hungry too. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Make some tea or drink some water. So, oh, so the, it's the late night stuff that is the little, you know, like you can see the werewolf coming out. Hmm. What, what do you normally have for dinner? Hmm. We don't have anything normally. Like okay. t- there's no like typical meal that we have. Hmm. Um, what did you have last night? So last <laughs> last night we had um, I I had um, um, chicken and ribs, but only one rib and one thigh so chicken leg. And rib. Chicken and rib and green beans <laughs> and and uh, red red cabbage uh, coleslaw. Uh, so as good as that we ate out and. Mm-hmm two thirds of it came home another mm. thing that we've done a lot is we share meals mm. when we go outside when we when we go out to eat uh we've been really really good at, at that it's it's been so helpful with portion control but i only ate the the protein and a little bit of uh you know the the carbs which were healthy carbs so that uh we ate at six and didn't eat anything else after that mm. which is really awesome i woke up this morning feeling really really good mm, nice were yeah. you cheek gnawing hungry last night uh not really for some okay. reason that that food um that combination of the proteins and maybe the slaw or something it just it just kept us full yeah yeah uh, what, what do you normally eat on a night where you are wanting to bite into your tongue mm probably not enough that's what i was gonna yeah suggest. <laughs> probably not enough yeah specifically what i find is people don't eat enough fat mm-hmm. when they're really hungry right um so i mean dinner in my opinion should be is is typically one of the bigger meals of the day and i'm fine with that and i think you know that's usually the meal where you gather with other people mm-hmm. whether it's your family or friends right and you're in community eating whereas breakfast and lunch it's like breakfast is before you go to work. Lunch is in the middle of the work day. Mm-hmm. It's like those are more like get fuel into the body right? Um, in a way that's intentional. And dinner should be like, okay, I'm going to stop. We're going to pause. We're going to slow down and we're going to we're going to eat food mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, so if you're like wanting to gnaw your cheek off after <laughs> after your dinner, then maybe you need to reportion some of the food from the earlier meals towards dinner time. Towards dinner time, right. Um, specifically like fattier, well-sourced meat. Okay. Or throw an avocado in there. Or yeah. Throw an egg on top of literally anything. Yes. <laughs> I, I know that's your thing. I, I love that. I love the idea. But yeah, so, so some of the foods that we, that I would go to is uh, uh, mixed nuts or pistachios. And I love peanuts in shell because it helps me fidget. Mm-hmm. I, I fidget sometimes. Uh, so those are the foods sometimes that I turn to in the evening. And, you know, it's okay, but, you know, you kind of feel it the next day. Yeah. So what time are you usually going to bed? Between 10.30, 10.45-ish. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I mean, as a general rule, I think trying to make sure that you're taking at least two hours before you go to bed. It's kind of a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Three hours would be better. And if you're eating around, if you're eating around six, um, you know, I like to consider a meal period to be like 90 minutes. And sometimes what you can do is you can actually kind of condense what would have been like dinner and a snack into that 90 minutes. And it's really all in the same meal period. As far as your body's concerned digestively, that's kind of, uh, that's, that's a tight enough time window that it's basically still a meal. Right. And sometimes that's a good strategy too, so that you don't, you can reduce some of the times you feel like you have to like gnaw your tongue off. (laughs) You know, we want to, we want to always be careful with our, 
the the willpower resources that we that we expend we mm-hmm. only have so much willpower it's like That's rocket right. fuel and so we want to try to use it only when absolutely necessary although i just i still really like this image of you <laughs> just holding. watching holding hands it's like going down that roller coaster come yeah. on we can do it together <laughs> yeah that's good yeah yeah and sometimes my the other challenge is my my schedule i don't always get home at the same time mm-hmm. there are nights where i you know i see a couple because they're they're usually be able to get be together after work so i'll i'll be done at 7 30 8 o'clock sometimes and that's when i'll eat and you know um, have to kind of be careful with how much I eat that late. But so, so I have to make just make some little changes in there, as you said, reportion maybe mm-hmm. calories. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, one of my last questions is what advice would you give to somebody just starting out in their health journey? Ah, okay. <laughs> this is so good. And then we need to get into that triangle that you drew. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or, uh, we're going to put that on the wall or something. <laughs> Yeah, or, or you can modify to, you know, whatever. Matt's going to tattoo it on yeah. his chest. <laughs> yeah, well, tonight. I'd have to use my left chest because the right one already has the other thing Rudy drew. <laughs> you remember that thing? Oh, yeah. that's I forgot that that was part of the, uh, mm. that was part of the sign-on process. You uh, promised yeah, not to tell, him. Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything right, comes out in these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I have a few things. Uh, don't wait to find your why to start. Oh. Like, make one up because there is no good time there's no like great schedule there's no right time in your life you just just make up a reason um be willing to be uncomfortable really really important so exercise especially in the beginning like i experienced was not really comfortable um saying no make sure that you are okay to sing no to extra portion or going out to this dinner because you know it's going to be a lot of alcohol or just being able to be more disciplined um be willing to unlearn bad habits and replace with better ones. Uh, and if you're going to change bad habits, you got to change bad thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of internal as well as external stuff that you have to pair. Uh, so be willing to, to challenge your preconceived notions about popular culture in terms of nutrition exercise. Uh, if you're having trouble, reach out. Take advantage of the offer accountability that you guys do an amazing job at. And for me at home, it's my wife. We're like holding hands, chewing it inside the red cheek. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> include others in your journey and share the emails from Matt. <laughs> uh, I, I send those to my wife and also my, my kids so they can. Please uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so as a matter of fact, my son-in-law is a member here, you know, uh, so Gilbert. And uh, we talk about the classes and, you know, our lifts and stuff like that. So. Um, so they've adopted the whole, you know, nutrition stuff. It's awesome. Um, and lastly, uh, continue educating yourself. Just be willing to just always be learning, you know? And, uh, and remember this is a process. There's no like finish line. It's like, I'm not, I'm not done at doing deadlifts at 255. I'm at, I think it's something like that. So, um, anyway, yeah. Very impressive. So. That's my little advice for others. Love that. That's really cool. Any final questions, Dr. Eric? Oh, there's there's always more questions I could have. I want to hear about this triangle, though. And then we have to leave time for Rudy to go down to the hall to uh, check in with our in-house dentist about that hole in his cheek he's been <laughs> chewing. So I'm concerned about that. It's extra protein, though. That's, that's well, the, yeah. See, I like to reframe into yeah, positive. Tons right? of healthy fats yeah, you know? in yeah. your uh, cheek. 
renew, recycle, repurpose. Uh, yeah, create the, inner the, cheek. Yeah, there the lining you go. of your cheek, of course. So your logo is a triangle, and it's mm -hmm. wonderful. I've always, I, I use triangles in my work as well. It is triangulation and relationships and all that stuff. But your, your triangle is very positive in that it, it, uh, it covers a lot of aspects of everything that works. And, and so as I was preparing for, for today, I thought, my, my goodness, they really cover everything. So the three you know, um, uh, peaks of your triangle are mindfulness, and then I have health sciences as one, and then social sciences. So under social sciences, you cover community, anthropology, anthropology, uh, evolution, uh, behavior, psychology, and sociology. So you guys cover that and in, in every, even in the classes, you know, you guys have little tips and things like that. Uh, health sciences, it's biology and physiology, kinesiology, that movement, nutrition and food science. And then your mindfulness, you have a lot of self-reflection, prayer, uh, meditation. You even, you even invited that hot and cold guy. Yeah, that hot and cold guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of. Did you do the ice bath that day? I did not. Oh, okay. no, I was working. Got to bring day. Nolan back. Yeah, we got to awesome. bring him back. So, uh, so that's you know, you guys cover a lot. There's a lot of amazing overlap, and you know, you're always very professional and caring. You remember everybody's first names. Um, I remember that that first week or so. It's like, wow, that's really really cool. It's, it's, you guys are special and different. Hmm. Yeah. I'm crying again. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Rudy, thanks for the kind words. Appreciate your your story, your journey. It's inspiring for us. I'm sure it's inspiring for the people that listen to this podcast, which is mainly just Eric's mom. <laughs> um, so Carol is going to hey, be Carol. about this. She's also the only person to leave us a review on our books. Uh, but that's fine. I think Eric's, Moms aunt, are great. Eric's aunt might have also left a review. Oh, that's good. Barbara got in there too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We had You're a blast. very welcome. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Always have fun with you guys. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Rudy.